Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. series of unfortunate events. Book the third. The wide window. How many times have we stopped and re-recorded? Twice. Yeah. Jesus. Chapter 12. Welcome aboard, Captain Sham said with a wicked grin that showed his filthy teeth. I'm happy to see you all. I thought you had been killed when the old lady's house fell off of the hill, but luckily my my associate told me that you had stolen a boat and run away. And you, Josephine, I thought you'd been you'd done the sensible thing and jumped out the window. I tried to do the sensible thing, and Aunt Josephine said sourly, but these children came and got me. Captain Sham smiled. He had expertly steered his sailboat so that it was alongside one of the Baudelaire's, the one that the Baudelaire's had stolen, and Aunt Josephine and the children had stepped over the swarming leeches to come aboard with a gurgly whoosh. Ugh, that sounds terrible, huh, Pei? Mm-hmm. Their own sailboat was overwhelmed with water and quickly sank into the depths of the lake. The lacrimose leeches swarmed around the sinking boat and gnashing their tiny teeth. Aren't you going to say thank you, orphans? Captain Sham asked, pointing out the swirling place in the lake where the sailboat had been. If it weren't for me, all of you would be divided up into the stomachs of the leeches. If it weren't for you, Violet said fiercely, we wouldn't be in Lake Lacrimose to begin with. You can blame that on the old woman, he said, pointing to Aunt Josephine. Thinking your very own death was pretty clever, but not clever enough, the Baudelaire of Fortune, and the unfortunately the brats who come with it will now belong to me. Don't be ridiculous, Klaus said. We don't belong to you, and we never will. We will tell Mr. Poe what happened, and he will send you to jail. Is that so, Captain Sham said, turning the sailboat around and sailing towards Demockle Dock. His one eye was visible, still shining brightly as if he were telling a joke. Mr. Poe will send me to jail, eh? Why? Mr. Poe's putting finishing touches on your adoption paperwork this very moment. In a few hours, you orphans will be Violet, Klaus, and Sonny Sham. Nahab, said Sonny, which meant I'm Sunday Baudelaire, and I will always be Sonny Baudelaire unless I decide for myself to legally change my name. Oh, I meant Sonny. When we explain that you forced Aunt Josephine to write that note, Violet said. Mr. Poe will rip up those adoption papers into a thousand pieces. Mr. Poe won't believe you, said Mr. said Captain Sham, chuckling. Why should, should he believe three runaway pipsqueaks who got around stealing a boat? Well, because we're telling the truth, Klaus cried. Truth? Schmooth, Captain Sham said. If you don't care, if you don't care about something, one way to demonstrate it is, is your feelings. To wait, demonstrate your feelings is to say the word and repeat the word with the letters Shem, replacing them. Oh, S C H M, replacing the first real letters. Somebody who didn't care about the dentist, for instance, could say dentist schmentis, but only despite despicable person like Captain Sham wouldn't care about the truth. 
truth, Schmuth, he said again. I think Mr. Poe is more likely to believe the owner of a respectable sailboat rental place who went with who went out in the middle of a hurricane to rescue three ungrateful boat thieves. We only stole the boat, Violet said, to retrieve Aunt Josephine from her hiding place so she could tell everyone about your terrible plan. But nobody will believe the old woman either, Captain Cham said impatiently. Nobody believes a dead woman. Are you blind in both eyes, Klaus asked. Aunt Josephine isn't dead. Captain Sham smiled again and looked out at the lake. Just a few yards away, the water was rippling as the lacrimose leeches swarmed towards Captain Sham's boat. After searching every inch of the Baudelaire boat and failing to find any food, the leeches had realized that they had been tricked and once again were following the scent of banana still lingering on Aunt Josephine. She's not dead yet, Captain Sham said in a terrible voice and took a step towards her. Oh no, she said with her eyes wide with fear. Don't throw me overboard, she pleaded, please. Mr. Pobo, uh, nope, hello, come on. You're not going, you're not going to reveal my plan, Mr. Poe. To Mr. Poe, Captain Sham said, taking another step towards the terrified woman, because you will be joining your beloved Ike at the bottom of this lake. No, she won't, Violet said, grabbing a rope. I will steer us to shore before you can do anything about it. I'll help, Klaus said, running back and grabbing the tiller. Eigel, Sunny shrieked, which meant something along the lines of, and I'll guard Aunt Josephine. She crawled in front of the Baudelaire's guardian and bared her teeth at Captain Sham. I promise not to say anything to Mr. Poe, and Josephine said desperately, I'll go someplace and hide away and I'll never show my face. You can tell him I'm dead. You can have the fortune. You can have the children. Just don't throw me to the leeches. What a terrible woman. The Baudelaire's looked at their guardian in horror. You're supposed to be caring for us, Violet said to Aunt Josephine in astonishment, not putting us up for grabs. Captain Sham paused. It seemed... and seemed to consider Aunt Josephine's offer. You do have a point, he said. I don't necessarily have to kill you. People just have to think you're dead. I'll change my name, Aunt Josephine said. I'll dye my hair. I'll wear colored contact lenses. I'll go very, very far away. Nobody will ever hear from me. But what about Aunt... But what about us, Aunt Josephine? Klaus said in horror. What about us? Be quiet, orphan, Captain Sham snapped. The lake lacrimose leeches reached the sailboat and began tapping the wood side. The adults are talking now, old woman. I wish I could believe you, but you hadn't been very trust. hadn't been a very trustworthy person. Haven't been, Aunt Josephine corrected, wiping her tear from her eye. What, Captain Sham asked. You made a grammat a gram- a grammatical error. Aunt Josephine said, you said, but I haven't been trustworthy. But what you should have said is, you had said you hadn't been a trustworthy person, but you should have said you haven't been a trustworthy person. Captain Sham's one shiny eye blinked and his mouth curled up in a terrible smile. Thank you for pointing that out, he said, and took one last step towards Aunt Josephine. Sonny growled at him, and he looked down at one swift gesture of his peg leg and knocked Sonny to the other end of the boat. 
Let me make sure I completely understand, understand this grammatical lesson, he said to the Baudelaire's, trembling, the gar- trembling guardian as if nothing had happened. You wouldn't say Aunt Josephine Anne Whistle had been thrown overboard to the leeches because that would be incorrect. But if you said Aunt Josephine Aunt Josephine Anne Whistle has been thrown overboard to the leeches, that would be all right with you. Yes, Aunt Josephine said. I mean, no, I mean, but Aunt Josephine never got to say what she meant. Captain Sham faced her and using both of his hands, pushed her over the side of the boat with a little gasp and a big splash. She fell into the lake lacrimose. Aunt Josephine, cried Violet, Aunt Josephine. Klaus leaned over the side of the boat to stretch his hands out as far as he could reach. Thanks to her two life jackets, Aunt Josephine was floating to the top of the water, waving her hands in the air as the leeches swarmed her. But Captain Sham was already pulling at the ropes of the sail, and Klaus couldn't reach her. You fiend, he shouted at Captain Sham. You evil fiend. There's no way to talk. That's no way to talk to your father, Captain Sham said calmly. Violet tried to tug tug a rope out of Captain Sham's hand. Move the sailboat back, she shouted. Turn the boat around. Not a chance, he replied smoothly. Wave goodbye to the old woman, orphans. You'll never see her again. Klaus leaned over as far as he could. Don't worry, Aunt Josephine, he called out, but his voice revealed that he was very worried himself. The boat was already quite ways away from Aunt Josephine, and the orphans could only see the white of her hands as she waved them over the dark water. She has a chance, Violet said quietly to Klaus as they sailed towards the dock. She has those life jackets and she's a strong swimmer. That's true, Klaus said with his shaky voice and shaky and sad. She lives by the, she's lived by the lake her whole life. Maybe she knows an escape route. Lee grew, said Sunny quietly, which meant all we can do is hope. The three orphans huddled together, shivering in cold and fear as Captain Sham sailed the boat by himself. They didn't dare do anything but hope. Their feelings for Aunt Josephine were all a tumble in their minds. The Baudelaire's had not had really enjoyed most of their time with her, not because she cooked horrible meals or chose presents for them that they didn't like or always corrected the children's grammar, but because she was so afraid of everything that she made it impossible to really enjoy anything at all. And the worst of it was Aunt Josephine's fear had made her a bad guardian. A guardian is supposed to stay with the children and keep them safe, but Aunt Josephine had run away at the first sign of danger. And the guardian, a guardian is supposed to help the children out of time, in times of trouble, but Aunt Josephine practically had to be dragged out of the curdled cave when, when they needed her most. And a guardian is supposed to protect the children from danger, but Aunt Josephine had offered the orphans to Captain Sham in exchange for their for her own safety. But despite all of Aunt Josephine's faults, the orphans still cared about her. She had taught them many things, and even if the most of them were boring, even if most of them were boring, she had provided a home. Even if it was cold and unable to withstand hurricanes, and the children knew that Aunt Josephine, like the Baudelaire's themselves, had experienced some terrible things in their life. So as the guardians faded from the view of the light of the Democles dock, and I mean as the, their guardian faded from their view and the lights of Democles dock approached closer and closer, Violet, Klaus, and Sunny did not think Josephine, Schmosephine. They thought, we hope Aunt Josephine is safe. 
Captain Sham sailed the boat right up to the shore and tied it expertly to the dock. Come along, little idiots, he said, and led the Baudelaire's to the tall metal gate with the glistening spikes on top, where Mr. Poe was waiting with his handkerchief in his hand and a look of relief in his face. Next to Mr. Poe was a brabagandinan creature who gazed at them with a triumphant expression on his or her face. You're safe, Mr. Poe said. Thank goodness we were so worried about you when the Captain Sham and I reached the Anne Whistle home and saw that it had fallen into the sea. We thought you were done for. It is lucky that my associate told me that they had stolen a sailboat, Captain Sham told Mr. Poe. The boat was nearly destroyed by a hurricane and by a swarm of leeches. I rescued them just in time. He did not, Violet shouted. He threw Aunt Josephine into the lake. We have to go and rescue her. The children are upset and confused, Captain Chan said with one shining eye. As their father, I think that they need a good night's sleep. He's not our father, Klaus shouted. He's Count Olaf and he's a murderer. Please, Mr. Poe, alert the police. We have to save Aunt Josephine. Oh dear, Mr. Poe said, coughing into his handkerchief. You certainly are confused, Klaus. Aunt Josephine is dead, remember? She threw herself out the window. No, no, Aunt Violet said. Her, her suicide note was a secret message in it. Klaus decoded the note, and it said curdled cave. Actually, it said a, a, apostrophe curdled cave, but the apostrophe was just to get your attention. You're not making any sense, Mr. Poe said. What cave? What apostrophe? Klaus, Violet said. Show Mr. Poe the note. You can show it to him in the morning, Captain Sham said in a falsely soothing tone. You need to get a good night's sleep. My associate will take you to my apartment while I stay here and finish the adoption paperwork with Mr. Poe. But, Klaus said, but nothing, Captain Sham said. You're very distraught, which means upset. I know what it means, Klaus said. Please listen to us, Violet begged Mr. Poe. It is a matter of life and death. Please just take a look at the note. You can show it to him, Captain Sham said, and his, his you can show it to him, Captain Sham said, his voice rising in anger, in the morning. Now please follow my associate in the minivan and go straight to bed. Hold on a minute, Captain Sham, Mr. Poe said. If it upsets the children so much, I'll take a look at the note. It will only take a moment. Thank you, Klaus said in relief, but the but in relief and reached into his pocket for the note. But as soon as he reached inside, his face fell into a disappointment, and I'm sure you can guess why. If you think, if you place a piece of paper in your pocket and then soak yourself in a hurricane, that piece of paper, no matter how important it is, will turn into a soggy mess. Klaus pulled out a damp lump of his, out of his pocket, and the orphans looked at the remains of Aunt Josephine's note. You could scarcely tell what it had been in that piece of paper, let alone read the note or secret or the secret it contained. While it was a note, Klaus said, holding it out to Mr. Poe, you will just have to take our word for it. And Mr. And Aunt Josephine is still alive, and she might still be alive, Violet said. Please, Mr. Poe, send someone to rescue her. Oh, my children, Mr. Poe said, you're so sad and worried. You don't have to worry anymore. I, As I have always promised, I have provided you, and I think Captain Sham will do an excellent job raising you. He has a steady business and doesn't seem likely to drown himself out, to throw himself out the window. And it's obvious that he cares for you very much. Why would he, why would he go out alone in the middle of a hurricane to search for you? The only thing he cares about, Klaus said bitterly, is our fortune. Why, that's not true, Captain Sham said. I don't want a penny of your fortune. Except, of course, to pay the, for the sailboat you stole and wrecked. 
Mr. Poe frowned and coughed into his handkerchief. Well, that's a surprising request, he said, but I suppose that could be arranged. Now, children, please go to your new home and I will make a final arrangement with Captain Sham. Perhaps we will have time for breakfast tomorrow before I head into the city. Please, Violet cried. Please, won't you listen to us? Please, Klaus cried. Please, won't you believe us? Sunny did not say anything. Sunny had not said anything for a long time, and if her siblings hadn't been so busy trying to reason with Mr. Poe, they would have noticed that she wasn't even looking at the wa- looking up to watch everyone talking during this whole conversation. Sunny was looking straight ahead. And if you are a baby, this means you are looking at people's legs. The legs she was looking at was Captain Shams. She wasn't looking at the right one, which was perfectly normal, but at a pig leg. She was looking at the stump of a dark polished wood attached to his left knee with a curved metal hinge and concentrating very hard. And my, it may surprise you to learn that this moment, Sunny resembled a famous Greek conqueror, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great lived more than 200 years ago, and, at his, la- and his last name was not actually the Great. The Great was something that he forced people to call him by bringing him by bringing a bunch of soldiers into their land and proclaiming himself king. Besides invading other people's country and forcing them to do whatever he said, Alexander the Great was famous for something called the Guardian Gordian Knot. The Gordian Knot was a fancy knot tied to a piece of rope by a king named Gordius. Gordius said that if Alexander could untie it, he could rule the whole kingdom. But Alexander, who was too busy conquering places to learn how much to untie knots, simply drew his sword and cut the Gordian knot in two. This was cheating, of course, but Alexander had too many soldiers for Gordius to argue, and soon everybody in Gordium had to bow down to you-know-who the great. Ever since then, a difficult problem can be called a Gordian knot, and if you solve a problem in a simple way, even if it is rude, you are cutting the Gordian knot. The problem with the Baudelaire orphans was that experiencing could certainly be called the Gordian Knot because it looked impossible to solve. The problem, of course, was that Captain Chan's despicable plan was about to succeed, and the way it solved, the way it was to convince Mr. Poe of what was really going on, but with Aunt Josephine thrown into the lake, her note ruined in the lump of wet paper, and Violet and Klaus were unable to convince Mr. Poe of anything. Sunny, however, stared at Captain Cham's peg leg and thought of a simple, if rude, way of solving the problem. As the, tall, as the taller people argued and paid no attention to Sunny, the littlest Baudelaire crawled as close as she could to the peg leg and opened her mouth and bit down as hard as she could. Luckily for the Baudelaire's, Sonny's teeth were as sharp as the sword of Alexander the Great, and Captain Sham's peg legs split right in half of the crack. That made everybody look down. I'm sure you've guessed, but the peg leg was fake, and it split open to reveal Captain Sham's real leg, and a sweaty and it was sweaty from knee to toes, but it was neither the knee nor the toes that interested everyone. It was the ankle, for there was a pale, sweaty, it was pale and sweaty skin of Captain Sham was the solution to their problem. By biting the peg leg, Sunny had cut the Gordian knot, for as the wooden pieces of the fake peg leg fell to the floor of Democle's dock, everyone could see the tattoo of an eye.
What do you think that means, Peyton? Are you asleep? Nah, she's asleep. No. Oh, what do you think that means? What do you mean? <laughs> the peg leg. Sunny bit it off, and everyone could see a tattoo of an eye. That means it's come off. It's Count Olaf. Ooh. Creepy.